the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are around the world, a warm welcome to you. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and you are listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. And today we're blessed. We're blessed to have Ina Richards, and Ina's from an organization called Work for a Living. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Now, we've just been chatting about it, but uh, where's that beautiful accent from? All the way from the deep south in South Africa. Well, wonderful. Well, wonderful. And so now you're in uh, in the U.S.? In the U.S., in North Georgia. North Georgia. And I've been about the last year and a half, but very much back and forth between here and, and uh, South Africa and Africa. Well, wonderful. Well, tell us, first of all, a little bit about, about yourself. Who are you? So my name is Ina Richards. Thank you so much. I am originally from South Africa. I'm married. Um, we've got three kids, age 20, 22, and 24, um, which, are, which are wonderful. They are all still in South Africa. And um, yeah, we've been involved with Work for a Living since 2007. So really pretty much um, live it, breathe it, and passionate about Kingdom, kingdom building, seeing God's work done on earth. So, yeah, that's it. And now, what is uh, what is the organization work for a living? What, what What's your mission? What's your goal? So our mission really is to see people transformed by a biblical worldview, but that needs to include people working. Uh, when we started in 2007, I had read Isaiah 58, and Isaiah 58 had really broken my heart for the poor. And... I wanted to do something about poverty. So did what everybody said the problem was. There are no jobs, there are no opportunities. Um, and we, we did that. We got jobs for people, got a little fun going to start businesses and started helping people and literally failed with every single person that we, that we tried to help. The people who started working quit their jobs. They didn't pitch for work. They got fired. They got caught stealing. People who started businesses stole from themselves, they stole stuff that was donated to them, stole, made money, stopped working. And then we realized we're sitting with a way bigger problem than lack of opportunities. Hmm. So started on this journey of seeing people um, transformed. At the time, our pastor had started teaching about biblical worldview after going to a vision conference with Darrow and um, with Bob um, in Pretoria. And um, started incorporating, on the one hand, excellence. What does it mean to be excellent, to work with excellence? 
But on the other hand, a biblical worldview, what does God say about working? And we found out that those two are one and the same. Um, and we started seeing radical, radical results. So in a nutshell, we are a Trojan horse concept where on the outside, it's, it's jobs, business and finance that draws people in. But the belly of it is to see people transformed by a biblical worldview, saved, discipled and ultimately working. Um, that's our mission, to see people discipled and working. We feel that that yeah, that's what we're called to do. So you were saying, you know, initially you set out full of steam, full of gusto uh, and um, got people jobs and, and the project failed miserably. Your, your words, not mine. Uh, so, so, so what changed? What was what was the missing link to success? So what changed was we were teaching people about. Well, firstly, we were upskilling people because there's a big drive in most poor countries. There's a big drive to upskill people. The problem is we're not skilled, mm. but we we were seeing people skilled sitting in our classes. We were seeing people who had worked before and lost their jobs sitting in our classes. So it was when we started really understanding biblical worldview. I think the biggest shock for me, and we've been going now for 17 years, is as a believer, knowing the power of God's word, right? We know it. We told all the time it's a, it's a two-edged sword. It's powerful. But to see it, to see the power of God's word on a poor person sitting at home waiting for someone to do something for them to fix their reality, and the power of God's word and his um, His ways in transforming people to think differently and ultimately live differently is just a beautiful thing to see. Amen. And so how, how, how do you, op- well, first of all, where do you operate? Is it just in Georgia or are you in countries around the world? T- tell us where you operate. Yeah, so we, we work in about 19 or 20 different countries, primarily, I'd say, in Africa and South America, not in, in the U.S. at all, really. Um, we've had some organizations and, and we're seeing an uptick in that. But our primary drive is um, is Africa and South Central and South America. So in South Africa, obviously, we have about 40 centers across the country. And then we work in Uganda, Kenya, Tanzania, um, Ethiopia, and then Central and South America in some of the prisons, the juvenile prisons teaching um, the juvenile uh, pe- young people in prison about business, but also a biblical worldview so that when they come out, not only is there transformation, but they're able to earn an income. And then in a couple of countries into South America. So um, we work in a, in a couple of countries, probably still by far South Africa. We are the most, um, we have the most centers, but we've also been going there for the longest. Mm. So um, we've been going there for 17 years and um, our materials been translated into Spanish, Portuguese. We're busy with Arabic um, and a few other languages, but yeah. So I, I have to jump in. What, what, what's the, uh, what's the name of your website? If people are listening to this, cause this is broadcast uh, on around the computer, around the world. So someone's listening to this and going, this is what I need. How can they find out more information? So it's workforaliving.org. So work, the number four, a living.org. Okay, wonderful. And we'll stick that in our uh, podcast as well, the information so people can, can find you. And so t- tell, me, um, tell me about the, uh, if you can, not names, of course, but some of the stories of, the, of uh, 
how people's lives have been empowered, how people's lives have been transformed? Well, just recently I I was at one of our centres and there was a a young girl there and she put up her hand and she said, my grandmother in 2007 was one of of your students. She was unemployed. She um, went through the programme, gave her life to Jesus, got a job. Then my mom and my mom's sisters all came to work for a living. Uh, they'd all been unemployed for four or five years. They all gave their lives to Jesus. They all got a job. And us grandchildren now, as we finish high school, uh, we come and each one of us come and attend. And for us, that's exciting because it means it's generational change. There is no need for poverty. I believe as the church, we have got to accept that the poor will always be with us instead of believing there should be no poor amongst us. Both are scriptural. It depends on what we believe is kingdom. Mm. So to see that, um, we've seen people set free. We've Just the other day, we had a young girl who had been sold into uh, a marriage, um, literally from the time that she was, I think, 17. And she'd been brutalized in those, since we got to her, um, we got to her probably seven years later, and she was just traumatized. And when we, in our program, when we deal with worldview specifically, we obviously speak about the impact of parents because you're going to go and work for somebody who's going to be an authority figure. If you haven't dealt with your parent parent issues, mm. you're not going to be able to function well in the workplace. And we want people to thrive in the workplace. And when we were doing the section on parenting, she got up, walked out the door and, and just literally collapsed from trauma. Anyway, I mean, we literally thought that she was dead. Um, Turned out it was just just so traumatic. And she got set free. She gave her life to the Lord the next day. And at the end of the program, she stood up and she said, on the day that I I heard this, I gave my life to the Lord. I phoned my ex-husband. She had just divorced him and said, I forgive you. And she said, I phoned my mother and said, I forgive you. And she says, today I stand in front of you and I am free. And as far as we're concerned, all we are is just step one to a lifelong of a discipling relationship. We look at a class of 30 and say, how many of these can we get into small groups so that they can be discipled into fullness of their relationship with God? We are not sitting with economic problems. We are sitting with discipleship problems in poor communities. And discipleship is missing, completely missing um, wherever, well, in many places that we go to. So um, people set free, Isaiah 58, 6, untie the cords, loosen the chain, set the captives free, break the yoke. It's that process. We deal with mindsets a lot. The poverty mindset, I'm poor, I'll always be poor, I cannot change. We deal with those mindsets. If we do not deal with the mindsets of poverty mindset, entitlement, workers versus owners, um and instill in people a growth and development mindset. You can upskill as much as you want. You can give people jobs as much as you want. You can do whatever you want. You can try and help them till you're blue in the face. Um, they're either going to fail or they're going to come back to you with open hands saying, how are you going to help us next? Mm. So our focus is not to help people. We used to help people in the beginning so much. And the more we help people, the more they became dependent on us. We want to help people fix their reality. We want to climb down into the pit of poverty and say, there's the first step of the ladder. Now climb up. But you're going to do it on your own. And when you get to the top, run. And we give them the tools to do that. Amen. 
I'm just taking it all in, you know. And so you, you spoke in there, you know, of <clears throat> certain mindsets, and no doubt we all have them, you know. Oh, I can't do this, or oh, I can't do that, you know. And um, but what would you say to me? What would you say to people listening who are saying, "Wow, you know, well this uh, this organization's wonderful. It's packed with wonderful people, but it's not something that I can do." You know, I, I just I I haven't got what it takes to do that. What would you say to that? Well, I think um, considering that the majority of our facilitators are people who are our past graduates, we're excited about that. So when we have a class of somebody, people who've been unemployed for years, and we in the class we identify and say, wow, this person, this person has just been transformed by what God says. Um, and then we just equip those people to go out and do the same. So our programs are really geared for, and I think that's where I'm grateful to the Lord that he's given us simplicity. We've taken complex issues like compound interest, um, compound interest in terms of finances, or uh, and we've broken them into simple, simple ways. How do I get promoted? What's the next step? So for somebody who's an outsider who, who I mean, if people want to do it full-time, we've got the resources for them to be equipped to do it full-time. If people just want to run it with a small group, I've got a group of kids, for example, let's say that are foster care kids or kids who are immigrants or kids who are um, or people who have just come out of prison or street workers or just unemployed people. We've got tools depending on the level of involvement somebody wants to have where there's a, a bit of online training that we want them to go through. We want to be sure that if we're going to serve the poor, we're going to serve them with excellence, which means our worldview needs to be right. Oh, man. So we do spend a bit of time making sure that the people that we partner with to facilitate the various programs um, themselves have the right worldview. Um, we've got a program also called Poverty Impact Training, which is what we feel the Lord has taught us in the last 17 years about taking somebody who is sitting at home doing nothing to a place of thriving either in their own business or 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 um or in a job and it's just the principles the things that we that are unexpectedly dealing with the foundations of poverty um mindsets ancestral worship unforgiveness fatherlessness i mean those are the pillars of poverty but if we're not prepared for that our thinking is not prepared for that it will be difficult. So we've put together training material. We've put together programs that are that are different levels of complexity where somebody can jump in at any level depending on where they're at, um, get themselves equipped, and really gather a group of people and help them. Oh, man. You know, I was, I was reading on your website. There's a number of stories on the, on the blog, you know, and uh, all of them inspiring. I just, just, just the... The transformation, you know, but, it, you know, it take, it, from the stories, it takes work. You know, it's not just sort of, uh, you know, I, I turned a corner and then, boom, everything fell on my plate, you know, and uh, everything was easy. But I'm reading a one brother, I won't say his name, you know, and, and it, it, he and his grandma were in dire poverty. His parents had died. You know, he turned to drugs to, uh, you know, es- escape his problems. Um, and then uh, God utilized you guys and uh, it turned him around. He's, he's off the drugs. Um, you know, he's now setting his own gym where uh, he's got a fast food truck. You know, he's got a profit. He's employing people. And just at the end, he says, you know, I've surrendered my problems to God and he gave me permanent solutions to my problems. Mm. 
Now, is he the only guy that this has happened to, or is this sort of a repeated story that you hear? We see it all the time, and I think that, to me, is just the, the most amazing thing. Again, the power of God's word, the power of his ways, to see people who have been unemployed for years, sitting at home, waiting for something to happen, and just seeing them turn around start businesses. I mean, we had a young guy come into our office and my husband um, works with us in work for a living. And and this guy had heard about what we were doing and he's just like, please, I need help. I'm lost. And I don't even know how he'd heard about us, but he just said, I'm, I'm so lost. Uh, can you, will you mentor me? I've heard about what you guys do. Will you mentor me? And my husband said, okay, well, I'll mentor you. And my husband's quite um, particular if you if I'm going to walk a road with you then we stick to times and you know we're gonna we're gonna walk this road anyway I mean the guy missed appointments but my husband said to him come and do the business little business program and every day he just said to him I want you to just go and read three chapters of proverbs this guy wasn't a believer says go and read this just as wisdom just go and read it and the guy came back and he was like yeah it was okay yeah it was okay it was okay and after about three weeks, he came back and he said, wow, you know what I learned yesterday? And my husband said, what? And he, he started sharing something in Proverbs. And two days later, he came back. He says, do you know what I learned today? My husband said, what? He shared a little bit about that. This guy went on, gave his life to the Lord, started a coffee shop. He started, a, I mean, he started so, he started, I think, three or four businesses. Um, and he, he had had a business degree. So he actually, he came from a home where he had a business degree, but yet was still lost, was on drugs, taking a whole lot of stuff. And and just to see that, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're a down and out. It it's anybody who is who is lost. God's God, God's word and his ways can meet anybody anywhere. But if you think of God as as this agricultural God where you plant a seed and he wants the seed to grow. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. So there are many, many stories. We've had 40,000 people through our program. We've had about just under 15,000 give their lives to the Lord now, oh, which we've about this year. We've had 1,400 people give their lives to the Lord and we've got 800 being discipled. My and goodness. for us, that's exciting. You know, it, um, we just need to be getting to more people. That's that's the issue. On that issue, so <clears throat> if uh, I have two questions coming from that, the first one is: so someone's uh, perhaps listening to this, or perhaps uh, someone who is listening knows of someone in a situation who could use help. Uh, they can. H- how can they get help from you guys? You know, because I, I know you're around the world. You're not in the U.S. You know, perhaps there's people listening in the U.S. Do you have like a an online course that people can use? How how can people take your training? Yeah. So we've got a couple of programs. So info at workforaliving.org would be the email address that they can that they can attend. We've got we've got two tracks of programs. Um, in the US that we are busy introducing now and have introduced is a program called STEP. Um, the US's situation is a little bit different because um, the employers are the ones struggling to find staff. It's not the job seekers trying to find jobs. So as we started going to employers saying, um, we've got this, we, you know, we've got staff, students that have graduated from the program. We make them available to at no cost. Employers were employing them and saying, but we want the same. We've seen these guys. We want the same for our staff. Mm. 
So we wrote a program called STEPS, Solution to Employment Productivity, where employers can use this material to firstly teach excellence, but secondly, disciple their own staff. And we work with the HR of a company. Um, we've just had quite a prominent um, um, fast food outlet in the U.S., um, contact us and they've put their whole team through it, which is really, really exciting. So um, that's that's available here. And any of our programs where somebody wants to use it to help community. Um, but info at Work for a Living, um, on our website, there are, there's an Africa uh, context, there's a South American context, and there's an American contact as well. Mm. And... Um, and then it's just a matter of going and seeing what we're about. Every Friday, we have a Q&A. Um, so every Friday, um, it would be um, 8 o'clock Eastern time, 8 a.m. Eastern time, um, for people who are interested in either starting hubs or starting small groups where they can utilize our material. Oh, um, and then every Friday, we just have people pitching up and we have, go through a bit of context and then it's a Q and A uh, going from there. So, um, if if uh, people are around the world, they can go online and they can learn more, and they can take the uh, online courses. Is that correct? Yes, but I suggest that they contact us first to find out which are the correct courses. Okay. So, info at workforaliving.org would be the best. At the end of the day, we're not just wanting people to go through a program. We are wanting to connect people to make sure that they are properly equipped to be able to make the, the maximum amount of difference in a person's life, in a poor person's life, or or anybody really needing to work, um, needing to see transformation. And, and we want to make sure that that connection is solid and that they've got the, re- the correct program to use. So last question uh, is... This is this is wonderful, you know, because as you say, work gives dignity. It provides for the family, uh, and it also uh, matures the person. You know, we all have to do things that we have to overcome obstacles and so forth. But where where does God come into all this? So God starts from the beginning. Um, as I said to you earlier, it's like a it's like a, a we are an access ministry actually. On the outside, it looks like jobs, business, and finance. That's why I mentioned it and called it a Trojan horse concept. So on the outside, it looks culturally acceptable. It can be wheeled into any community, and the unemployed will come there because they people want money, right? Um, so they're going to come there because they want a job, and we make sure that we always have jobs because we teach um, excellence and we speak to the impro- problems that employers have. We always have job opportunities where our centers are. So when they come from day one, it's a gentle introduction to God's ways. It doesn't necessarily say Proverbs says this, but when you hear um, the poor are always ruled over by the rich, so don't borrow and put yourself under their power. You don't have to know that it's where it comes from. You just have to know that it's true. Yes, it's true. The rich are always taking my money. The rich are always. So it's a truth that we introduce And as we introduce these biblical truths, we're just seeing people challenge their worldview, challenge, they think differently. Um, Discipline of love is a very, very important part of what we do. On day two, we start getting our students to start serving their community. Um, By this shall all me know that you, my disciples, that you love one another. On the last day, when they've been serving their community every day, we see and tell our students, what are the two most important commandments? They'll say, 
thou shalt not steal and something else. We say, no, it's love God, love your neighbor. But if you love me, you will obey me. So by what you've been doing in the last two, three weeks, by loving your neighbor, you have been delighting God. Mm. And when they hear that, they say, it can't be. I can't delight God. We say, you, you, by loving your neighbor, you have made God happy. And you just see the tears fall because in their mind, the, the cultural church concept of God is stern um, disciplinary. But by getting them to love their neighbor, they touch the father heart of God. Mm. So, and then we present the gospel in, in that time period. So everything leads up to gospel day and then discipleship from there on forward. Oh, and wow. obviously people working. I mean, that's, we want to see people working. But that's a wonderful byproduct. Getting, our focus is getting people working, but it's a wonderful byproduct of discipleship. Oh, man, you know, it, it, it's the word in word and deed, isn't it? You know, because we, we read about in James that a brother needs to eat. Don't just say be warm and well fed, you know, and then and leave him to be, you know, help him on his way. And so, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Uh, but this is inspired. And one more time, because it is important, I think. What, what's your web address? It's uh, workforaliving.org and Thank number four. The number Work four. Yeah. So please do have a look. And uh, if not yourself, then perhaps somebody you know could use a bit of help. And wherever you are, whoever you are around the world, God bless you as you seek to love your neighbor. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.